if you've listened to podcasts extensively, you can only learn so much before you just start doing. A lot of the things that I've learned so far were not in any of the books or podcasts. You just got to start doing it. So just pull the trigger and get it done. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And today we have Sean DeMartel with us. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Doing great. It's good to be here. Good to have you on the show. Sean is the managing partner at Pack 3 Capital, where they syndicate multifamily value add properties. He is a GP in $27 million assets under management across 327 units. And he quit his job earlier this month, December 2021, as an air traffic controller to focus on building his real estate portfolio. He is based in San Diego. Air traffic control to real estate is a fair leap. What got you into real estate? That's a great question. It was kind of a long road that started a long time ago from a great friend of mine, Anthony Espinoza. Anthony, if you're hearing this, thanks, brother. But basically, within my air traffic control job, I was making a high six-figure income, and I wanted to invest, and I just didn't know what. And a good friend of mine that's in real estate recommended real estate and then recommended the Bigger Pockets podcast. And this was like five years ago. And really, that was just a catalyst of like a long journey down the rabbit hole of starting to read a lot of books and literature on real estate investing. And then eventually, I started to learn about multifamily and how much more powerful and scalable multifamily was. And then eventually, my first ever purchase for a real estate investment was a 32-unit apartment complex, which we might get into. But that's the short version of how I got into it. You started with a 32-unit. Did you self-manage? I did not self-manage. So I split that with a couple partners as a joint venture. And we did pay a third-party property management company, which when you're in the 32-unit size, it's kind of hard to find a great one, but it was out of state. So we had to have a third party. Where was it? Just outside of Indianapolis in an area called Greenwood, Indiana. Nice. 32 units, was that a value-add deal or was it just a stable cash flow? That was a heavy value-add deal, actually. When we bought that property... In 2019, I guess for lack of better term, it was kind of run by a slumlord and it was in disrepair top to bottom. So we knew that going in, but these rents were just so far below market. I'm talking like a two bedroom going for in the $500 range. You got this with two other partners. Were they both new to real estate as well? Actually, when we got it, it was a total of four, five, six of us. Two of those have since been bought out early on, and there's four of us in it right now. But what was the question again? 
Well, the question I'm getting to, Sean, is you're a full-time W-2 employee in a non-real estate related field. You're in California and your first deal is a distressed 32 unit in the Midwest run by a slumlord. Yep. Why did you start there? Such a good question. For starters, starting out of California was an easy decision because here in Southern California with real estate prices and multifamily assets, the prices of those, it's so much more difficult to find a property that's going to cash flow. And that's going to give you the kind of returns we were shooting for, not to mention all of the laws regarding the landlords and tenants. But we knew from the get-go we needed to invest out of state. Through a long process, we identified a couple of different markets we were interested in. And then why we ended up getting into an asset like this has a lot to do with this being our first time and how competitive the market was. It was really difficult to find a steady, stable value-add deal that we could beat out our competition to purchase the property. So we started looking at properties that were a more of a heavy value-add. Now, I have a a lot more experience on the construction side and things because my father owned his own construction business. So I had an idea of how to find good contractors, how to vet them, and how to get this place where it needs to be. So I wasn't as worried about that. But when we found this deal after underwriting so many deals, even though it was a heavy value add, even though it was our very first property, we knew there was so much meat on the bone that we could make it work if we just put everything we had learned to use, which Ultimately, we ended up doing, and we're going to make out extremely well. We're going to 3X our money over just two years. We're actually selling that property right now. So it's been a long road, and there were definitely some bumps in the road. But we just knew from the get-go, we just wanted to get in the game. We wanted to get our first property. We wanted to get something that we knew we could make some money on. And we knew it was going to be tough, but we went for it. And I'm so happy that we did because I've learned so much. You've 10X the portfolio since then, I believe. I want Mm -hmm. to stay here for a moment though. Yeah. Sean, a 32 unit in the Midwest, I would imagine relatively low rents, especially because of how far below market they were to start with. Mm -hmm. What did it take to find a property manager who could execute on your business plan? That's a great question. And it's not easy because as you know, and a lot of people know that might have some experience listening to this, You've got your property managers that are very experienced with the value-add apartment complex. And typically, the best property managers for this kind of a job are really not going to touch anything less than 100 units. So those are usually out of the question. And then you have your property managers that really only have experience in single family and not so much with multifamily and putting together profit and loss statement and all that kind of stuff that's proper. Then you have your middle of the road. You could find some property managers that manage a lot of single families, but they also have some small multis in there, 10 units, 15 units, some 50 units, whatever. And that's what we were able to find. We had others that we wanted to manage it, but they just wouldn't touch something so small. So what action, Sean, did you take to find a good one? And did you have to go through a couple of bad ones first? So to find a good one, we interviewed essentially every single property manager that manages in that area or that manages somewhere nearby. So we talked to all of them. I want to say that it was 10 property managers, which isn't a crazy amount to interview, but we went through extensive interview processes using a lot of the questions that are in Joe Fairless's book. But ultimately, we didn't have a lot of choices that would actually manage it. So we've stuck with the same one. And to get to that one that we picked, it took a lot of interviewing and then going through references. With each company, we talked to several people that they said they manage a portfolio of their properties that have multifamilies roughly our size. 
And everyone was singing the praises of this property management company. So we ended up deciding on them. Now, they haven't been the best property management company, but for what we could get, they've done a pretty good job. We've had to do some renegotiating to make it work the way we want it to work, but I think that we got the best we could. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Invest investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. So you tripled your money what happened to the valuation of the property and what did you have to do to force that appreciation? So we bought the property for 1.2 million and we're selling it right now for just shy of 3.1 million. In order to get that done over the past two years has been a lot of work. And we kind of joke that we just bought a pile of bricks because the property is a brick exterior and we've replaced just about everything top to bottom. Things that we didn't what want to replace. The cost on that? We put over $400,000 into the property. And so you're all in for 1.6, which you're selling for 3.1? Correct. That's pretty yeah. exciting. It's pretty exciting. And we've done a lot of work to it. And it's been a little bit of a pain because when you're trying to manage a heavy value add out of state with a property management company that doesn't have the resources as some of the larger property management companies, you have sure. to do a lot of things yourself if you want to get it done right. So a lot of negotiating with contractors myself, a lot of calling to get bids from contractors myself, a lot of that stuff. But obviously all that work has paid off in the long run, but there was a lot of ups and downs. Tell me what projects you had to GC yourself or find your own contractors for. So we needed to replace every single one of the second story balconies or patios. They were literally sagging down from the building. They were sort of a hazard for safety and they were also just an eyesore. That was such a big project that, that I really didn't just trust my property management company to get that done. So that was something that I was a lot more hands-on with. I interviewed a whole lot of contractors, found one that was reputable that got the job done. So that was a big one. And we had some pretty large plumbing projects that needed to be done. For example, one of the primary drain lines out of the building that connects to the city main was collapsed. And we didn't find that out until months after we had closed. That was another really big project that I was a lot more hands-on with. But really anything that was just above $10,000 really was something that I was really putting a lot more of my own time in to reduce costs. 
that was 2019, 32 units. You have literally 10x the portfolio since then. What was next? Really, the next big step for me and my partners was getting a mentor. We got a one-on-one mentor. This wasn't like a program or a coaching program. Shout out to my mentors, Tony Azar and John Azar. But we found them and started a mentorship program because we knew we wanted to take it to the next level and start to syndicate. But we wanted to make sure we had a lot of experience with us to go through those first couple syndications. So we got them on board. And really this year was the year we broke out in 10X the portfolio. And that was because we took down 150 unit in Greensboro, North Carolina and a 145 unit in Greensboro, North Carolina. Both of those properties were sourced by my mentor. He signed on the loan with us to make that easier. And he's also a co-GP on these deals. That was really what helped us grow so quickly. And what I would recommend to anyone listening, if you're going to start syndicating and getting properties that large, I can't recommend enough that you should really get somebody on board to co-GP with you that has a lot of experience doing that. But I think that that was really the most important move for us, getting that mentorship and having them help us learn the ropes of the syndication process and go take down these big deals, which was definitely challenging, but that was the most important move we ever made. So your mentor sourced deals Mm -hmm. and personally guaranteeing the loans? Yeah, So with these two deals, these 300 units, what will your role be in executing on these business plans? So we're working hand in hand with my mentors on moving through with the construction. That's been a thing that we're essentially in the voting process on, okay, which improvements are we going to make right now? Which contractors we want to go through? Really, you could say we're involved in everything, my partners and I, but we're doing that side by side with my mentors. So what I mean by that is, for example, Tony and John, they're vertically integrated with their own property management company, and they have thousands of units. So they have managers of the properties in that general area already. So I'm able to communicate with them, for example, my role with the construction side and the CapEx side. I'm communicating with them on what we're getting done next, when we're going to do it, how much we're willing to spend on each project, et cetera but I'm doing that hand in hand with Tony. But essentially my role is more on the CapEx side and in the improvements to the property. Gotcha. Who brought the investors to this deal to fund it? So we split that with my mentor. Essentially we needed to raise $4 million for each of these deals. And my mentor actually came in with essentially almost half of that. And then the rest of that, my partners and I needed to go raise from our investor database, which we were able to successfully do. And it was very difficult. But as far as bringing in outside investors, that was done by Pack 3 Capital. Nice. So what's the plan with these? Is it a simple value add, raise the rents, five-year hold? That's correct. Three to five-year hold. There's a multiple value add strategies we're doing, including renovating the units, doing some improvements to the amenities. We've submetered them individually, water metered each of them on both of those properties, all 300 units, things like that. And it's been going incredibly well. We're projecting an underwrote for $100 increases in rent. And since we closed just earlier this year, we're already getting $300 bumps to $400 bumps on the renovated units. And the tenants have higher utility bills because they're paying their own water, right? So what accounts for that drastic increase between the underwritten rent growth and the actual rent growth? I think it's a combination of a couple things. What we've done to the property so far has been a pretty good value add. One of them are townhomes, which there's not many townhomes in this market. 
So townhome style apartments, you don't have anybody living above or below you. So that's a really desirable apartment unit. Now, these units were built in the 1980s. So the interiors, the cabinets, all that kind of stuff was really old. We've gone in and replaced pretty much everything on these unit turns, right? Cabinets, flooring, countertops, appliances, the whole nine yards, and really brighten them up and make them look more modern. So they're more desirable, and we're getting a rent bump from that alone. But in addition to that, we've increased the amenities. We've added a dog park. We've completely redone the sports area. So there was a basketball court, and we made it into a multi-use sports area. A little soccer area for kids, some hopscotch, things like that. A brand new playground. We've upgraded the pool area. There's been a lot of things to just physically make the property more beautiful and have more curb appeal. But I also just think that that market also has a lot of upward pressure on rents as a whole. Throughout 2020 and the pandemic, Greensboro, North Carolina was in the top five for year-over-year rent growth. I think in 2020, it increased 10% just organically. So I think you combine that with the value-add plan and the rents have just exploded. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year, whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals? I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility within the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract. And she partnered with two other deal maker mentoring students, and together they raised seven hundred thousand dollars. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to deal maker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year, and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to six six eight six six. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J O E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Follow Up Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice 
twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. So when you were sharing this opportunity with your investors, what kind of a return were you offering? So we were projecting, I believe, my memory serves me correctly, 18% IRR, double digit cash on cash returns year over year and a 2x equity multiple over three to five years. So kind of a standard thing that you'll see a lot is double your money in five years. And that was with really, really conservative underwriting. We're talking when we underwrite our exit cap rate, we increase by 0.25 per year. So over five years, it's a significant increase. So we keep it pretty conservative and it's still penciled out really, really well. And our investors are going to make out pretty well, at least it seems so far. Do you know how your mentor sourced this deal? This deal was actually already in his portfolio and he bought this property six years ago, actually with his investors. And it was time in the cycle because just like with this business plan, he told them it was about a five-year hold. They were just slightly over that five-year mark and it was time for them to sell. He still liked the deal and still saw that there was still more value add to be done because the original business plan was mostly exterior and rents just kept increasing. So it was time to sell that property. And he said, look, we can sell the property to you guys and I'll rebuy in with you guys. And then we can implement some more value add to the play if you want. So that's how we did it. It was really an off market opportunity. The original owner was going to buy back in with us. So it made it really easy for us. Yeah, that's a big opportunity. Correct me where I'm wrong, Sean, for Mm -hmm. our listeners. Remind me the mentor's name, Tony. Tony and John Azar. Yeah, they're brothers. So Tony and John bought into this for a value add five-year hold six years prior. Mm -hmm. Um, They operated their business plan. They added value for their original set of investors. They got to that five-year mark or a little beyond that five-year mark. And it was time to sell in order to provide the IRR that they had projected. There was still meat on the bone though, enough so that you could come in and effectively operate the same business plan again over another three to five year span and present that same opportunity again with the same property. Do you know if there are any passive investors who bought back in again for the second round? So there weren't any passive investors that bought back in because those were all Tony's investors and they all got, I think, just shy of a 3X or read out a 3X equity multiple on the deal. But he wanted to push us to raise all the capital ourselves minus the amount he contributed. He contributed well over a million dollars of his own capital, which helped with our capital raise and also was great because it was great to demonstrate that to our investors and explain that to them. But he allowed us to just go outside of what he was contributing. He said, you guys go and raise all of the rest of the capital we need, which we did. And I'm glad that he did it that way because it really pushed us on this capital raise and taught me a lot about that. But that's how we got it done. You've got your first 32 unit. You have these two North Carolina syndications. Any other real estate deals? No other commercial multifamily real estate deals. The rest of my deals are single family Airbnb deals, which... That's completely out of the realm of commercial real estate, but we've got a lot of plans for next year and we will be growing the portfolio. Hopefully we can grow up substantially, but we'll see, man. It's a really competitive environment. It's difficult to find the good deals, but we're on the hunt. Awesome. Well, Sean, I know you are one of our best ever listeners. What is your best ever advice for our listeners? Best ever advice is to go out there and get started. If you've read the books, if you've listened to podcasts extensively, You can only learn so much before you just start doing. 
a lot of the things that I've learned so far were not in any of the books or podcasts. You just got to start doing it. So just pull the trigger and get it done. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. I'm ready. Great. What is your best ever way to give back to the community? I love helping people getting started in this industry. So anytime someone's trying to ask me questions on like double checking their underwriting, asking me advice on anything that has to do with operations, I like to try and help people because I've been in their shoes before and I know how hard it is to find somebody with experience to help. So I love doing that. Nice. What is best ever book you recently read? That would probably be Pitch Anything by Oren Kaloff. I love that book and I've read it twice now and I'll probably read it again. <laughs> and Sean, where can our best ever listeners get in touch with you? The easiest way is to email me directly. You can email me at Sean at pack3capital.com. That's S-H-A-W-N at P-A-C, the number three capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com or just pack3capital.com on the website you can reach out. Awesome. Well, Sean, this has been a great interview. You've added value to us as well as your properties. This is good stuff. Thank you. Best ever listeners, we hope you have a best ever day and we will see you tomorrow.